Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. Josie released her debut single Down Here earlier this year and it's had over 120,000 streams already. Her latest single is Freight Man and it is such a lovely song. So I'm looking forward to asking her all about it. Hi, Josie. Hello. How you going? I'm going very well. Thank you. How are you? Oh, cruising. I mean, living the dream while chasing it. Uh, Robbie Mortimer's told me, so I've stolen his line and I've been saying it to everyone. But uh, it's my favourite. great. Living the dream while chasing it. Yep. That's it. Well, that's yeah. That belongs in a t-shirt. Yeah, actually, man, I better hit him up. I'll be like, mate, get the copyright on it before he yeah. does. <laughs> but we are here to talk about Freight Man, which is about your father, and it is a song you wrote with Travis Collins, multiple golden guitar winner, while you were at the Junior Academy of Country Music. How did you decide that the song was going to be about your dad? Yeah the the decision of writing this song. It was actually terrifying going into this co-write. Like, let's be real. I This was my first ever co-write I ever did. And it was with <laughs> Travis Collins. <laughs> like, what on earth, for starters? But, I mean, just walking in, before I even walked into the room, being told that I was partnered with him, I was like, there is no way. What do I do? I don't even know what to say when I get in the room. But I was working myself up and sitting in the little uh, dorm rooms that we're in at the academy with my mum listening to all these Travis Collins songs. And I was like yes get me hyped and then anyway I went to the session and literally just sat down there and he's like hey go on like what do you have any songs that you haven't really finished writing yet or you know what do you want to do and I was like I actually don't know um but I do have this song that I could you know play for you maybe we could work on it I played in this entire song and he's like nah that one's finished and I was like okay <laughs> but he's like okay well tell me your life story like tell me about you what makes what's brought Josie to where she is today and of course, I started always my elevator pitch. Like I grew up in a truck driving around with my dad across Queensland, Northern Territory, Western Australia. And that was my childhood. And he immediately was like, I think this is your song. <laughs> and he's like, so what did he, what did he cart? And I was like, oh, well, he used to own a freight business and we used to cart freight all the time when I was a kid. And he's like, so he's the freight man. And I was like, <laughs> yes he is <laughs> and from then onwards all of the words literally just fell on the page like truly it wrote itself and all these little quirky things he was kind of sitting there like typing away and I was just like feeding him all these words I'm like oh yeah I, was, I used to keep bull dust in Tupperware that was fun and he's like bull dust in Tupperware like, <laughs> that's literally how it happened and it was still to this day one of the best co-writes I've ever been in. I mean, my first one with him. It has to be, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Well, and for anyone who doesn't know about the Academy, uh, you, you are forced into these co-writes. There are there are mentors yeah. there to work with and it's, it is a bit of a baptism by fire uh, and probably now has set quite a high bar for you with other co-writes. Indeed. I, like, like I said, I don't think I've ever had a co-write quite like that one or even like produced the quality of that one in such a short time frame as well, because it's not like you do this co-write at the Academy and you've got the next four days to, you know, kind of pick away at it. No, we'll write a verse here and then maybe we'll sit on it for a bit. It's literally like you sit in the room for two hours, write the song. If it doesn't get done, well, <laughs> finish it yeah. another time maybe. And we nearly didn't finish the song. He was like, oh, I'll, I'll email you and we can organise to like catch up and over Zoom or something. Well, I don't even know if Zoom was a thing then, FaceTime. Um, yeah. But yeah, to do it later. But we ended up, 
just we were so passionate about it it just we kept on writing until it was done and I think it was maybe like two and a half three hours that we were there and done and it has not changed since we left that room how fantastic um but just on the detail that that you played him a song and he said no no that one's finished how many songs had you written by the time you got to the academy Quite a few. I mean, they, they're definitely songs that I don't even sing anymore and I probably couldn't sing them to you anymore. But I had, yeah, quite a few little country ditties that I tried to, you know, write down because previously, like when I started writing songs, they definitely were not country songs. I was like seven. So I was writing songs that just said like, hey, and baby at least 20 times, you know, and I was just imagining all these crazy production pop sounding things in my head. And then I think it was about... 10, 11, 12, when I picked up guitar and I was just, you know, coming back to my roots growing up in the truck and I was like, country music, that was what we listened to all the time. I love country music. And it then started, I was like, all right, how can I put these things into a song? And it started like with a lot of cliche stuff. I remember like one of my very first country songs was like called Pick Me Up about a pickup truck so, right. and now I'm like no we don't call Utes trucks anymore <laughs> yeah. so it started off with those sorts of songs and there was a lot of them but I think this was like the turn point right for, okay. you know these really genuine stories about me and keeping true to myself and it was definitely that like light switch moment of okay yeah this is this is what I'm doing this is me I feel so much more like proud of what I've made but just being real. So yeah, that's definitely, I'm so grateful for that opportunity because it has really changed the turn of events for me, really. Yeah, right. Um, now when um, your, well, after your dad heard this song, he called it the onion song. Would you like to yeah. tell us why? Yes. It has been dubbed the onion song ever since he heard it because, oh, maybe someone's cutting onions because he's just sitting there waterfalls, you know? <laughs> so it's been something that's really stuck with everyone we know, family, friends that have heard this song. Cause I mean, I wrote this in 2018, so I've been sitting on it for a while and a lot of family and friends have heard it, you know, around campfire, sitting on the back patio, singing this song. Mm-hmm. So everyone's been like, when is it coming out? When's the onion song coming out? And everyone will call it the onion song or, Oh, someone's cutting onions. Oh my gosh. When's the onion song coming? And now it's got me thinking maybe I should have wrote onion song in brackets next to the song title. <laughs> We've been fitting. <laughs> But then it's just a little thing for you and your dad and everyone who knows you, yeah. Yeah, and there have been so many people leaving comments on all my stuff going, oh, here's the onions again. Like it's become this little inside joke. So if you know, you know. And I love it though. It's great. And Travis also calls it the onion song. (laughs) I remember when we sent him the final mix of this song to be like, here's the song, we finally made it. He literally came back like saying onions, man. Yeah. (laughs) So it, look, it is it is a bit of a tearjerker in a good way, in a good way. In a great way. <laughs> yeah. Um, and in, you know, there's quite a lot of detail about your dad in the song, as is appropriate, because it is about him. Uh, there is a line about how your dad taught you to be on time. I can confirm you were on time for this interview. So have you always been a step <laughs> of the time? Good. I'm definitely not on time all the time. So that line's probably partially correct. Right. I have him, he's like, you're not always on time, but I try and be my best on time. I'm a very last minute gal. So I probably should put that in there. Taught me to procrastinate. <laughs> That'll be the next one. It works. It works in the song. Yeah, it works in the song. It works. Um, there's also a line that says that there is always someone else in a tougher place than mine. And now to give that some context, three years ago, you were diagnosed with an autoimmune disease that left you unable to get out of bed, let alone perform. 
you are now out there releasing music. So what has enabled you to be able to get to this point where you're healthier than you were? Yeah. So being diagnosed three years ago was, yeah, terrifying. And But that line, seriously, it gets me through. There's always someone else in a tougher place than mine. And, you know, getting diagnosed through to months and months of being in the hospital each week, trying to figure out what sort of medications are going to work to get me back to being a normal, you know, healthy girl. And yeah, it was months and months of being in the hospital and trial and error of steroids and different infusions and stuff like that. And then finally we found a good mix of stuff after I'd been on a dose of steroids and all these other things. And then I got on this infusion that I've been on ever since and it's worked amazing for me. It's given me my life back. I'm actually in medical remission. So thanks to this infusion, which I get every eight weeks. And yeah, it's let me keep chasing my dreams. Here I am releasing music, which I I know three years ago, sitting in that hospital bed, I probably wouldn't have thought that I'd be able to, you know, keep chasing this dream. So I'm very grateful for, yeah, medication. It's it's great. It's given me my life. And yeah, especially the hospital here. um, It's been incredible. Like all the support there, even the nurses, they're just so lovely and they've always been huge fans of me. Mm -hmm. And every time I come in, they want updates about music. They play my music video up on the hospital screen for the whole ward to hear. Like they love it. And I think that makes it even more like a little bit more homely. So I'm not going in there and just getting jabbed with a needle and off you go. Like it feels like a little family in there. So I'm very grateful for my my hospital experiences. <laughs> but I imagine it, you know, it was a shock at the time because obviously you'd been to the junior academy, you had some things in motion and no doubt you had plans for what you were going to do for your music at that time. Was it hard to manage the disappointment of, of thinking, well, this is not going to happen on, on the time frame that I planned? Yeah, it was very hard. I actually had my very first like surgery on the day that I was meant to do like this little showcase thing at my school, which I mean, obviously it's just a little showcase at school, but at that time, like that was pretty special for me. So I had to miss that, cancel it and it felt terrible. Um, But yeah, as soon as I came out of that and was told I was diagnosed with um, Crohn's disease, they were just, I was just so alone. I had no idea what it was and I was like, great. So what does this mean? I can't do, you know, what I normally do. I can't go and do gigs I'm going to have to cancel all these gigs I have booked because I was gigging like quite a fair bit at school. So it was, yeah, terrifying. I was like, this is my job. This is my life. What am I going to do? Do I just have to sit in hospital for ages? Like, how am I going to manage this? So it was like terrifying. But like I said, going through all this trial and error of having different medications and stuff, which eventually helped me get back on my feet and, you know, feel a little bit more normal. I was able to keep out all my gigs and stuff. I I cancelled very minimal. I'm very much someone who doesn't want to cancel stuff or, you know, admit defeat. I never want to admit defeat. And it was very much like that when I was diagnosed. So I cancelled as minimal as I could, but it was even, I was in Tamworth in 2020. I think it was, yeah, 2020 that I was in Tamworth busking. And I just, I eventually had to admit defeat there because I was so unwell. I had to stop my gig and I was like, nah, uh, we need to just go back to the room. I need to sit down. Like, I can't do this. I'm feeling terrible. Like a truck's hit me. So I think it was that kind of moment that was like, all right, yeah, you need to go and like put your health first and think about the fact that I was only young. I was only 16, 17. So I've got all these years ahead of me. Go and prioritize this first. Mm-hmm. We can always come back to that. And that's, I think that's what really helped me get through. And especially because I was like in the final years of high school, like doing studying and exams it was all kind of like, all right, we've got this to work on now. We can go and do the music stuff once we we figure this out because we will figure it out. Trying to have that positive mindset of 
you know, there is going to be a solution to this and a way of life after this. So that definitely got me through. Yeah, I think it's a decision to have a positive mindset though, isn't it? It's not a default setting, particularly when you're feeling so bad. (laughs) So um, an attitude um, can make all the difference when it comes to dealing with a serious illness. So I'm wondering if your dad's also taught you much about attitude or perhaps positive mindset. Yeah, absolutely. And he has always, always been someone that is very big on positive mindset. Like, especially as a kid, you know, if we're ever cracking a tantrum about something or whatever, like he would always be at the positive mindset. Or if I'd say something like, oh, I can't do this, I can't do that. He would come straight back like, don't bloody say that. <laughs> like he would, he's have his very little country man way about it. But in the roundabout way, he was getting at have a positive mindset. So that's definitely been something he's always instilled in us as kids. Yeah, right. And um, you also say in the song that he taught you to how to dream and you've you've already talked about, you know, chasing dreams. I'm wondering if there are some dreams you've had music related or otherwise that have already come true. I mean, releasing these songs, this has been a dream come true really. And just the immense amount of support I've received from them has blown me away. I did not think that this is how my like debut into the music industry was going to happen. I mean, obviously I'd been around for a while doing gigs and stuff, but I've never had like a product to show or a song in the world for people to go, okay, yep, that's what she does. That's what she sounds like. Great. It's always just been, you know, it'd have to be a word of mouth thing if I was playing a festival or whatever, or they'd hear a video, you know? So I think having these songs out there, Obviously, being my debut into the industry, I was like, all right, we're going to just get, you know, we'll just touch the waters and just see what happens. But it has been insane. Like we've hit 50,000 streams, 55,000 streams on Freightman in a week and a half. That just blows me away. I don't even understand. (laughs) Like crazy. So, yeah, it's that's a big dream of mine that has already big tick, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, and it must be so satisfying as a songwriter as well to think, uh, not just as a recording artist and a singer, but to think I've written these songs that are actually connecting with people. Yeah, 100%. And that's actually the big thing about Freight Man is I didn't think that it was going to relate to a whole lot of people. I was like, oh, this is such a small niche, you know, thing growing up in a truck. (laughs) Who else has done that? And I put it out on TikTok as a little teaser. It went ballistic. So many people have followed me and commented and sent me messages like, girl, you literally just described my life. Like I grew up in a truck and I've had all these quirky little experiences too. Or, oh, I'm from a truck and family. We 100% get it. Like this hits home. And I'm like, wow, okay. <laughs> Did not think that it would hit so many people so hard. And it really has. So I'm so grateful that my music is, you know, letting me connect to all these other people that have had that same experience. Yeah. Now there is a lovely video to go with this song and it there are fe- it features several clips of young Josie in the truck. It's very cute. <laughs> it must have been fun going through all those old videos. Oh, it did take me forever. Like I'm talking hours of going through it, especially because the way we did it, we didn't like go and get the tapes convert because it was tapes. We didn't get them converted right. or anything. We literally, it's probably really dodgy, <laughs> but we put it into the old camera that took oh, wow. these um, videos and it had like a little view screen. Mm-hmm. So we had it on that, connected the camera to the computer through some weird little dongle and then had it up on the computer and then screen captured like the computer. It was very dodgy, <laughs> but definitely cheaper than having it converted. Yeah. Um, and I had to just sit there and, yeah, every time I'd see little Josie pop up, hit record on the computer and oh, rewind it back a bit and, oh, my gosh, getting to the end of the tape and then having to rewind it all the way back and realise I was only halfway through the tape when I started it. 
Oh. <laughs> it took forever, but it was really cool to like go back through that footage and see what I mean. So it was all through my mum's eyes pretty much. She yeah. was behind the camera and to see what it was like while I was so tiny. Obviously, I don't really remember too much of those trips specifically. Mm-hmm. They were like my very first truck trips. Hot tip, very yeah. first. <laughs> so it was really cool to just see, yeah, so cool to see where my parents took me as a little kid and how lucky I am to have had that experience and go to all those places. Like you can see Devil's Marbles in the Northern Territory in the video. And that's one of my favorite places. And knowing that I've been there so many times through so many little stages of life is really cool and special to me. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. And then there's quite a bit of your dad carrying around like a little mascot as well. Like he's so proud to have his little mascot with him. That's me, the little offsider. Yeah. <laughs> the tapper. That's me. <laughs> So do you feel like you have an innate need to get on the road now? Like are you, you just off an itch yeah. to get out for a long drive? I am really. And that's a big thing that I so miss going out on those truck trips. And I mean, I'm also a music teacher during school terms. So between we're in school holidays at the moment and I really wanted to, you know, use this chance to get out and have a little truck trip, you know, especially amongst all this Freightman release stuff. I thought it'd be awesome. But just being so busy with like music stuff and interviews and whatnot, it's like, when am I going to be able to get that chance? I'm like itching to get back out there and just go travel and see the station workers and see parts of the country that I haven't seen for quite a while. So I mean, obviously, if I can't get out there in a truck, I'd love to get out there and do a bit of a tour. And I've got this this big, great plan of doing an outback Queensland tour in the back of my mind. So trying to work on it. We'll see where we can get with it. But that's definitely on the cards for me. It's something I've wanted to do for years. But I think at the moment is probably like a better time to do it now that I've been thinking about it for so long. And I think it'd be very fitting to go and just visit the outback towns and, you know, bring some some entertainment to these little communities that probably don't really get that stuff too often so and then of course yeah go see outback queensland or i'd love to head into the northern territory i love it in there so we'll see what we get up to <laughs> do you have any firm plans at the moment uh, apart from thinking about that sort of tour like for tamworth or anything next year so tamworth is also something i've been really thinking about in the last couple of weeks and uh i haven't locked anything in yet though so that's my problem <laughs> i need to really hook in and check stuff out but nonetheless I'd love to get down there just to go and network and catch up with all my friends and see everyone it's such a bustling week well 10 days it's a long time (laughs) so yeah I need to work some stuff out and see if I can get down there but it really is is where it's at and I'd love to yeah just go and catch up with everyone I feel like it's been such a long time since I've been at you know a festival with all of my like old academy friends or Mm -hmm. just new country music friends that I've met along the way so I think it'd be awesome to go and see everyone in the flesh for once. Yeah. Now, in terms of recorded music, are you planning other releases? It sounds like you have enough to keep you busy during school term time. So I'm guessing you probably schedule releases around school terms. I So I didn't realise that I did, but I actually have done both of these releases <laughs> on like the week one of a school holiday, <laughs> which was actually unintentional, truly. But it's worked great for me because then like that first couple of weeks of interviews, it's been like, oh, great. Don't have to worry about teaching. <laughs> awesome. But um, I do go back to the studio in a couple of weeks. So I'm very excited about that. Got to go and get some more songs under the belt and uh, hopefully I can get some stuff out within the next three, four months, I'm hoping. Is the studio close to home? Absolutely not. <laughs> Definitely not. I have to fly down to Melbourne. Oh, right. Oh, that's right, because yeah. you work with uh, M Squared, don't you? Yeah. Yes. So I'm very excited to go see them again. And I mean, they've just been in Nashville too. So 
can't wait to hear those stories. It's going to be, yeah, a great time. <laughs> well, Josie, you've released two great songs so far in Down Here and Freight Man. And, yes, people who listen to Freight Man may need to bring the tissues. They have been warned, especially yeah. if you watch the video. Oh, especially. I probably should have put that in the first line of the description. Bring tissues. <laughs> tissues, remove onions, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was so great to talk to you again and I hope to talk to you again soon. Yes, likewise. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Sunburnt Country Music Podcast. For more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things, go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.